Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm Dr. Katherine Pang, and it's so great to share this time together. Welcome to The Living Way, the podcast ministry of the Christian Life Institute and the Christian Life Institute's purpose to grow Christians forward, to live victoriously as overcomers in but not of the world through the hope and healing of Christ. If you miss any of our messages, you can find a link and more information on our website at christianlifeinstitute.com. Our podcasts are available on Thursdays. Please subscribe to our mailing list on our website, christianlifeinstitute.com, to receive notifications about our podcasts, blogs, and other events at CLI. As we begin, you may want to grab a Bible and follow along as we share scripture throughout our time together. Our message today is titled, Christ Our Lifestyle, Part 1. Last week in Christ Our Lifestyle, Part 1, we ended with these thoughts. Not underestimating the power of the flesh begins with recognizing the extent of deception. Beginning in Genesis 3.13, the serpent Satan deceived as we read Eve say, The serpent tricked me. Jacob in Genesis 29.25 said to Laban, Did I not serve with you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? The Gospel of Mark makes it clear in 7.21-22, through 22, For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. Satan, others, our own humanness, self, does and will deceive you and me and anyone for that matter. We must embrace the truth of Romans 8.8. 8. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So how do we move forward? Today in Christ Our Lifestyle Part 2, we begin with crying out, Lord God, reveal to me in a new way the glory of your grace. We can choose to cultivate the capabilities through infusion, reading his word over and over, cover to cover. There is no better way to get close to the heart of God to learn who God is according to his word. The Bible reveals and teaches us about the character of God and his redemptive plans and salvific grace. In 2 Timothy 3.16, we read, and I quote, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. We can choose to be mindful of Romans 8, 5, and I quote, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And we can choose to be one who sets our minds on Christ and the things of the Spirit. We can choose to put on the new self, as we read in Colossians 3, 1 through 4, and I quote, If then you have been raised with Christ, Seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. We can choose to appropriate and digest the truth of 1 Peter 5, 8, and I quote, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. We can implement Matthew 6:41, and I quote, Watch and pray 
that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. We can truly choose to believe Romans 7.18 in a spiritual and therapeutically healthy way, and I quote, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. We can choose to live out our sanctification through the Holy Spirit in His healing joy and peace. We can choose to pray, Father God, we come before you recognizing our weaknesses and our flesh. We come before you humbling ourselves before you and asking you to help us see our susceptibilities, our temptations, our fleshly selves, so that we may submit to your healing, transformative grace. Lord, we want more of you and less of us from John 3.30. Teach us to see the deceptive power of the flesh and to walk in sober awareness that we may walk in your freedom and your truth. As the Christian Life Institute is focused on practical, real, and tangible ways to live Christ in but not of the world, we will share some effective strategies. First, we must cultivate a Christ-centered awareness of the tendencies, propensities, and susceptibilities of our flesh, as we discussed last week in Christ Our Lifestyle Part 1. To do so, as we discussed, requires a desire to choose to allow the Lord to reveal to you those areas where you are prone to what we refer to as stepping in your flesh. For example, if you are susceptible to impatience and you know you are jumping on a freeway during rush hour, your susceptibility will flare, your tongue will ignite, and unrighteousness will flow forth. Second, you must learn to deep dive, as we refer to it at the Christian Life Institute, as well as therapeutically. Briefly, the deep dive requires a stop, pause, identification, and reframe. Our method includes asking, what am I about to say? Why am I about to say it? What is my intent? What is my motive? And what is the truth in this? For example, your friend shares he's headed to the grocery store and asks if you want him to pick anything up for you. You say, great, I really need some coffee, bagels, and eggs. He says, no problem. He stops by and brings your grocery bag. You look inside and you see no coffee. What do you do now? Take a moment and use the process above before you answer this question. Let's walk through it together. What am I about to say? Where is the coffee? Why am I about to say it? Because there's no coffee in the bag. What is my intent? To point out there's no coffee. What is my motive? To make sure he knows he forgot the coffee? Ah, that is the red flag. Do you see it? My motive is unrighteousness. Let me explain. What is the value add or upside to stating there's no coffee? There is no coffee. The explanation is self-evident. He either forgot the coffee or intentionally chose not to bring the coffee. So stop and ask yourself, what do you know about your friend? Would he intentionally not bring you coffee? Unlikely, or he would not be a friend. So the answer is he forgot. If you point it out, you are magnifying his error and intentionally shaming him. Now before you say, but how will he know, ask yourself, why does he need to know slash learn? If you are inclined to say, so he will not do it again, this is a rationalized deception. You're pointing it out and inflicting shame will not ensure he does not do it again. So what do you do? You say thank you, let it go and buy some coffee. 
This is the narrow road, life in Christ that restrains the tongue from its evil ways. You cannot say thank you. And if you can't say thank you, then you duct tape. And if there is something to be learned, then you point it out in grace and love and say, hey, don't know if you know, but it seems like maybe there's an issue for getting coffee. So how can we help with this? Then use it for a real teaching moment, not just to vent a resentment. So we mentioned duct tape a moment ago. Duct tape is strong. It's an adhesive. It binds well. It's very hard to tear and strip away. Duct tape, metaphorically speaking, we don't advocate you actually go get duct tape and duct tape yourself. We suggest that you use it as a safeguard. As we learn and cultivate Holy Spirit equipped restraint, we must carry our duct tape in our spiritual and therapeutic toolbox to ensure that, quote, no corrupt talk comes out of our mouths as we read in Ephesians 4.29a. We must at times, metaphorically, duct tape ourselves for our own growth and benefit as well as that of others. Duct tape is useful when we feel or think that we cannot resist our own urges, triggers, flesh-driven ways, when we feel as though, and we cannot, control the tongue. We ought not be afraid to metaphorically duct tape. Remember what James says about our tongue? Quote, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. If we cannot build up as it fits the occasion, as we read in Ephesians 4.29b, to give grace to those who hear, then perhaps we need to metaphorically duct tape. Duct tape is useful in implementing this scripture from Proverbs 17.28, and I quote, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Let us choose today, as we read in Titus 3, 2, and I quote, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Let us choose to pray, Lord, guard my tongue. Let us pray for the wisdom to know when to metaphorically duct tape and to allow the Holy Spirit to constrain and restrain the tongue. Let us choose to be an instrument of edification and blessing in the lives of others and be desirous of and grateful for his refining process. Let us desire to be recipients of the steadfast love of the Lord. Our prayer at the Christian Life Institute is that through our blogs and podcasts, your heart will be ignited by the word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit to live a transformed life and make an undivided commitment to Jesus Christ so that your faith will be active for the kingdom of God. Our continued prayer for all who read and listen to his word is that you may know the love of the Savior and the glory of an undivided heart, that you may be encouraged and edified through the love of Christ in the light of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit feasting on the word of God. Love for the Lord is contagious, and our heart's desire is that all who know him would be, as we read in 1 Corinthians 15:58, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We pray you will make it your prayer that you may know the love and joy of the Savior more, seek his face, and serve the Almighty living God. To make a difference for Jesus Christ in this dark and immoral world, to humble yourself, seek him, Touch the heart of God and impact your family and community for your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
to remember moment by moment in the midst of the tumultuousness of life that God has a perfect plan for you. We pray you choose to make it your desire to allow him to work through you as his vessel, giving all glory and honor to God. Before you can truly, deeply, intimately say, Lord, I choose you as my lifestyle, you must be willing. So let's ask an ouch question. Are you willing or are you lukewarm? In Revelation 3:16 through 17, we read, and I quote, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth, Jesus says to the church at Laodicea. When Christ's beloved chooses lukewarmness, his beloved is saying, in effect, I choose not to commit my ways unto the Lord. Did you know that if you have professed salvation in Christ, you are Christ's beloved? He knows your works, as we read in Revelation 3.16. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. God tries the heart, as we read in 1 Chronicles 29.17, and I quote, I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things, and now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joylessly to you, joyously to you. So what is it to be lukewarm? The one who says, I know the Lord. I prayed to receive Jesus into my heart. I spent some time reading the Bible. I even went to church. I really thought it was fun, but my friends had other plans. So much more seemed, so much more interesting, exciting, doable. Christ died. He rose, but no one understood. He asked us to follow him. But the ways of the world, well, and the ways in our sight, well, and the opinions, thoughts, perceptions of others, well, it is never too late to turn back to your first love, to proclaim his name above all names. He loves you. Allow the flame of the Holy Spirit to kindle a fire for the Lord and choose to lose your life in his. We read in John 12:25, and I quote, He that loves his life shall lose it, and he that hates his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Love your life and lose it. How odd. How antithetical to the worldly ways. Yes, we are to choose to step into the fullness and freedom we have in Christ and choose not to focus on the affairs of this world. Are you focusing on loving the world or Jesus, the life giver? How easily we are weighted down by the things of this world which encumber us in our walk with our Savior. Beloved of Christ, take this moment and consider the significance of God's truth. Do you love your life? Are the provisions of this world or the desires of your flesh more important to you than your Lord Jesus Christ? Are you willing to walk to the cross and nail your own wants and desires to that somber, barren tree? The choice is yours. Are you willing to give Jesus your whole heart? We read in Psalm 119:10, and I quote, With my whole heart I have sought you, O Lord. What does it mean to seek after the Lord with a whole heart? In your innermost parts, in the bowels of your soul, do you cry unto God, Lord, I am yours completely? Our precious Lord and Savior gave himself completely for you. He suffered the humiliation and rejection of man to bring you into the glory of the Father. Will you say, Lord, I cannot seek you wholly? 
Shall you refuse the whole love of your Savior by refusing to surrender completely to your King? O beloved of Christ, that you might yield yourself to him who loves you as Jesus yielded himself to the Father. May you be as Jesus, an obedient child, trusting your Father for all of your needs. What unspeakable joy, what overwhelming blessedness when you seek after the Creator with an undivided heart. May you yearn within your deepest parts to know him more. May you ask the Lord to teach you to seek him with a wholeness of heart, soul, and mind, and choose to follow after him. In Psalm 63, 8, we read, and I quote, My soul follows hard after you. Your right hand upholds me. The Hebrew word for follow means to cling or adhere to, to be joined with, cleave to, or abide in. It is not, my dear brethren and sistren, grudgingly trudging behind one, wearied and beleaguered as if you were on a 40-mile hike up a 10,000-foot mountain. It is becoming one with your precious Lord and Savior. It is abiding in Him as He leads you along His path of refinement and refreshment. For His right hand holds you up. It is not your own abilities which empower you. It is the surrender of your heart and your desire to cleave to the branch of life which will sustain you. As we read in Hosea 6, 3, and I quote, Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. Let us choose to jump off the fence of lukewarmness. Let us choose to lose our life in Jesus. Let us choose to give him our whole heart. Let us choose to follow after our life giver. Let us choose to pray, Lord, we choose you. We choose to surrender deeply into your love, your will, your way. Lord, equip us. Lord, empower us. Lord, guide us as we rest in and trust in you. As we learn to see, we learn to walk in his way, his will, his footsteps. We come to see and truly believe that we can live in but not of this world. We come to truly digest and appropriate the truth of his word, the truth of his character, not based on our past experiences, but on the word. The word which speaks truth. His word, the Bible, the inerrant inspired word of God. We start to focus less on what is externally happening to us around us and more on what he is accomplishing within us. We crave more and hunger for him, a desire to serve him. Serving Christ in but not of this world does not require a mountaintop experience. It does not require moving unless the Lord is calling you to do so. It does not require a ministry position. In fact, it does not require anything but a yearning to learn to seek through prayer, his word, wise counsel, to know that you know what God desires for you in the here and now. Life in Christ is a lifestyle composed of many seasons. We can live at what we refer to as the grain of sand level, whether as a teacher, stay-at-home parent, lawyer, business owner, accountant, nanny, server, etc. The occupation is not relevant. The heart is relevant. The attitude is relevant. If you are craving surrender, sight, and service, then step into him. He will guide and direct your steps, and we will come alongside you in your journey. 
Let us as his body serve him as he directs each of his members, his children, for his perfect purposes and glory. Let us cry out to Jesus, Lord, help me surrender, see, and serve. I want to journey with you and step on the narrow road, which is the sanctified life. The purpose of the Christian Life Institute is palpable. We want all who profess Christ to taste and see that the Lord is good from Psalm 34, 8. To want Christ truly, deeply, intimately, and personally to be your all in all. We pray this is a time of refreshment and growth. We value your prayers. We value your support. Please send any emails to admin at christianlifeinstitute.com. Thank you for joining us for The Living Way, presented by the Christian Life Institute. Our podcasts are available on Thursdays. Please subscribe to our mailing list on our website, christianlifeinstitute.com, to receive notifications about our podcasts, blogs, and other events at the Christian Life Institute. I'm Dr. Katherine Pang. Thank you so much for joining us.